Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. It's been fun to sit in with you this morning, Todd. Yeah, we've been having fun. We miss Maria, but I, I love sitting in with you when I get a chance. So it's been a great time. We are in the last uh, 30 minutes of the show, and so, again, if you've got questions, now's the time to get in. Don't uh, procrastinate here. KSL Talk is the number. And we've got uh, Wayne on the line calling in from Sandy. He's got a question about tomatoes. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. I have two questions. One regards tomatoes. My tomatoes, instead of turning pink, orange, red, are turning white. Hmm. Does that have... What does that mean? <laughs> it could be heat-related. We've had another call today. How are you irrigating the tomatoes? With a soaker hose. Okay, and how often? About every, because of the heat, about every four days. Okay, about tw- twice a week or so. Yeah. And then, so they're getting water. I, yeah, I don't know of any particular pathogenic diseases that would cause the fruit of a tomato to turn white i'm i'm blind so my wife is the one who reported this so i had her like squeeze them and see if they were like right you know if they're ripe but they're not they're hard they're green you know but everything else is green and they're they're hard as the green ones so yeah there are i mean are they just straight like snow white or do they have any green pigment in them did she say yeah they're still green too green and what you know okay i would just be patient and see if they ripen all right my other question i've heard you talk about image uh weed killer for the lawns i I have a spurge farm here, and <laughs> I have one of those too. <laughs> as I said, I'm I'm blind, but I have a friend, dear friend, and his wife in our ward that has been keeping their eye on it for a few years. And I've about gone broke buying pre-emergent and that like fertilizer for it. <laughs> and I've sprayed with he. My friend has sprayed it with. Uh, four-speed XT, because a, a guy told me that's the only thing that would work. Uh, I've sat out there for days pulling it. Uh, another friend has come and pulled it. Uh, last year we used a different uh, spray, a Weed Be Gone spray. So my question is, uh, they've, they've kept their eye on it this season as well, and they think that that they are actually getting a, ahead of it a little bit. 
But my question simply is, is, is that product that you talk about all the time, Image, does it work on Spurge? Well, I've had one report from somebody that said they put it on Spurge and it did a pretty good job. I've been using it. On Spurge. On Spurge. Okay. And it works wonderfully. So You have, Dave? Yeah, I have, yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, that's works, all I wanted to know. It I, works quite well. <laughs> the, you want to keep it away from, you know, your garden where you've got edible plants. Right? Yeah, it's not near. Uh, where the biggest problem is is not near my garden. It, it's out. Basically, the big problem is in the front front yard, so. Yeah, and that's a great place for image because it won't kill the grass. But it's, <laughs> it's taking care of my spurge. I mean, it's not gone away, but I can go out there once, maybe twice a week, and look for any new, you know, uh, plants that are popping up. Hit them real quick, and it's knocked it way and, back. And the image works on it. Yep. It okay. Does. Thank you very much for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you for being there, Wayne. Appreciate you. All right, our next caller, Doug in Kaysville. Good morning, Doug. You've got a question about a hazelnut tree. Yes, good morning. Um, do hazelnut trees get some sort of disease that would cause the leaves to dry up and turn blotchy? Not yellow, but kind of a brown, grayish, and then they dry up and fall off? Well, it sounds like drought stress to me, but there is a disease called eastern filbert blight that you could look up and kind of get the hit you'll lose a branch at a time and i think that the leaves do turn brown and you can see some splotching on them you can look that up uh there are several extension services that have fact sheets on it but it hasn't been known or found in utah although i suspect it may be here in small amounts but uh, how how old is your filbert or your hazelnut um They've got to be at least, I would think, 30 years. Okay, and how often are they irrigated? Well, they're next to the lawn, or, well, next to a garage next to the lawn, so they get watered at least three times a week. Okay. Um, the filberts are actually the hazelnuts. I'm using those interchangeably because they kind right, of are, right. but they're very closely related to birch, which are a water-loving plant. And so you may try getting a soaker hose or a hose and sprinkler in a couple times a month, giving them an extra hour or so of irrigation to see if that helps because it could be drought stress causing this with the hot weather. And filberts are not known to be super long-lived. And if they're 30 years old, they may have reached the end of their usable life. Okay. It could be. The rest of our trees are starting to, I'm losing a pine tree that's probably been in there 50 years. So Yeah, and it could be that, again, but a lot of times when you start seeing brown leaves on this bush, needles dropping from the pine tree, the lawn, it, there's usually, not when I say usually, I say a lot of the time, there's something like a lack of water or too much water. And recently, with the drought restrictions and everything that we've been facing, we're seeing a lot of trees and larger bushes really suffer from four or five years of drought. And so with I've talked to a number of places, and we are allowed to keep watering our trees. 
But I would run that extra water on those filberts to see if that will bring them out of it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for the call, Doug. And uh, before we go to break, let's get one more caller in. Kara's calling in from South Salt Lake. Hi, Kara. Hi. Um, I am. I have a very, very full sun exposure backyard that I am in the process of relandscaping from turf. And I'm looking to put in a large shade tree. I'm wondering if a weeping willow is a bad idea, if I should aim more for a maple. Oh, I it's those weeping willows are <laughs> such a mixed bag. I, they their advantage is that you get the fast shade, but then you push put up with the trashiness of the tree, the diseases and the shallow tree. roots, and it's a weak tree. And yeah. so there's a lot of trade off for planting something like that. How how much property do you own? I mean, how much room do these trees have? It's about a quarter acre quarter acre that weeping willow may exceed the space that you have for it where it would grow over your house and over the fence okay and it will shade um, the grass can, out from underneath it yeah I'm, I'm totally tearing out the turf i might go with um, an artificial turf uh, surrounding it the tree the shade tree so but it's super super full that fun. weeping willow with the artificial turf you're mm-hmm. defeating the purpose of going water-wise because that willow is going to need to be watered Suck up the water. deeply yeah. every week to 10 days, you know, 24 inches deep. And, you know, and any other tree will too, but the willows are even more water-loving than many other trees. And so I just, how with how trashy they are, I don't think that this is the situation. If you had an acre and you wanted to put one in, that w- it would be different. Mm-hmm. Can you recommend a good uh, maple? A State Street maple maple would be a great Mm -hmm. one. Um, Queen Elizabeth maple would be another that both of those are very adapted to our climate. They turn yellow in the fall. What is it? Norwegian sunset? Something like that? Yeah, the Norwegian sunset would be a good one, or at least a better one. Not quite Mm -hmm. as adapted, but it has orangey red fall color. The Pacific sunset would be one you could look at. With fairly good fall color. Um, For those size, those trees would fit quite well into that situation. And with your artificial turf, you'd still need to, you know, you'll need to get them established. But you could Mm -hmm. water every 10 days to a depth of 18 to 24 inches under the canopy and those trees would be perfectly happy. All right. Sounds like I've got a plan now. I appreciate your help. All right. Good luck with that, Kara. All right, with that, Tom, let's take a break here and we'll come back with our final segment on the other side. It's the KSL Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I got a dance. <laughs> 
Hitting the radio dial, man. That's what you need to do. Love it. Kind of love the boys. It's made this show like my favorite one all year. Well, I heard the Beach Boys were in Utah with they were John Stamos or Stamos yeah, yeah. playing drums. In fact, Mike Love uh, did an interview with Andy Farnsworth. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. So it's it's out on it's on one of the on uh, as a podcast episode. So if you want to go back and check that out, well, you I'll can. check it out. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, we've only got a few minutes left. Let's help out a few more people here, Ton. Let's check in with Ashley, who's calling in from Leighton. Hi, Hi how are you? Doing really well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Listen, I just have two quick questions. One, I just put in new a new sod lawn, and it's. It was about a little over a month ago, and part of the lawn has taken, like, grown together real well, and part of it has not taken, and the outer edges are all brown. I've been watering them every day like the guy suggested that I do, and then I, after the first time we cut it, I went to watering every other day. Is there something different that I can do to help that lawn grow together and get rid of those brown edges? Well, it will eventually seam itself back together. One thing you might do if they have contracted apart is get some soil from your garden or some playground sand and put it in between the seams so that you don't have bumps later and divots and things. And I would pull up on those pieces of sod that are struggling to see if they're rooting in. Okay, so I need to get like some dirt and put in between or sand or something put that in between that now how can i help the brown edges just keep your irrigation up now how long did you say the sod's been down so this i laid it on um june 19th so So a little over a month yeah a month or okay so those, I don't know that you need to water every day, but every other day because it doesn't root in very deeply. We're kind of running short on time. So try pulling up and see if it's rooting in. If it, if it is and you keep your watering up, I think that it'll eventually fill in. You could have a different soil type under there that's interfering with water penetration or root penetration if it's a heavy okay. clay. And that might be something to look at. But I think okay, that so if it's partially filled in, yeah, and and just the water Time. only needs to go three or four inches deep. Time is your friend here. Yes. It, it'll eventually. Okay. okay. It'll eventually fill in. Okay, Okay, Ashley. thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Good luck with that. All right, one more call here. Karen is calling in from Harriman. Good morning, Karen. Hello. How can we help you out? Um, I have a lion's head maple that I purchased at... Uh, years ago and it's never the first year I got it it was beautiful had the big showy uh, lacy uh, leaves to it then last summer and this summer it's just like the leaves haven't popped they're still kind of crumpled they're not crispy but they haven't fully extended themselves so I'm wondering it's right next to a lawn area and it is on a drip is it getting too much water? Is it not getting enough water? Is it in a full shade exposure or full sun? Or It is underneath my deck, so it gets early morning east sun. Okay. 
and then um, by about noon, it's covered. How um, wide is the... You said it's been in for how long? It's only been in for about two and a half years. Okay, so it's getting more established. You And I wish we had a little more time, but... I would look at your irrigation because it may need, those drippers need to be more spread out and you may need more of them and deep water at once a week at least. So water goes about 18 inches to two feet. But those Japanese maples are just really iffy here sometimes. And a lot of times they take, but sometimes they don't. All right. Good luck with that, Karen. And that's, uh, that's, that's a hard one sometimes when you're trying to guess with water. In the last uh, 30 seconds here, Ton, Texer wants to know a good alternative to the ash tree for a shade tree. And we talked about one first thing this morning. Yeah, espresso Kentucky, Kentucky coffee yeah. tree would be a great one. Uh, you could look at honey locust or state street maple too. There are a lot of uh, shade tree options when it comes to that. I mean, these are just a couple good ones. Um, you know, a good thing to visit your local nursery and see what they have and, and talk to people there, right? It is a great time because they're not as busy, so you're going to get better help this time of year. And if they have these Kentucky coffee trees, they'll be able to help you find them. They do look a little forlorn in a pot, but they do fill in within a few years. All right, so there you go. Hey, Tom, it's been fun to do this it's again been fun. with you. Yeah, Beach Boys have been oh, great. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today on The Greenhouse Show. We'll see you next week. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.